Welcome to the fourth episode of Neurodiverse Love. I'm Mona. I'm Olga. And we are thrilled that you're back listening to us share the stories that we feel have been helpful for us to share as friends, because we've been friends for a number of years now. I think we're going on six. Yeah. And I think so. We've helped each other through a lot. And we hope that as we share a little bit about our stories every week, that we'll be helping others think about their neurodiverse relationships maybe in a different way and through a different lens. So today we're going to talk a little bit about preparation and the amount of preparation that our partners or ex-partners went through and research and how they felt both were really, really important in whatever they were taking on. And at the end of our last episode, Olga was talking about preparation um, for just about any kind of emergency. And I want to share a little story that uh, really warmed my heart. And I'm sure Olga has many more too. We live in Florida. So there's a hurricane season. And during the hurricane season, all kinds of lovely things could happen. And it's really important to be prepared. So one of the hurricanes we had, I think it was three or four years ago, I think it was Hurricane Michael. Um, my ex and I were separated at the time, but I went to go stay with him in his apartment because um, he lives in a safer place than I do. I live in a mobile home. And when I got there, he shared with me what he had set up so that if the electricity went out, he lives on the second floor, he was able to generate electricity by something he had hooked up, don't ask me, I don't understand what he did, but something he had hooked up in the apartment that would allow him to bring a cord down through his window to the first floor to his car so that we would have some level of power. I was so amazed at what he had done, the level of preparation, the thought that went into this, the the in-depth thinking, I was floored. And I must have had a big smile on my face because I was taken aback that he would do that level of preparation for us. And we were separated at the time. Um, and I told him how appreciative I was and that it was really kind of amazing that he did that. And that was one of the things he didn't take compliments well. So I think he may have thought I was being sarcastic, but there was no sarcasm. <laughs> I really was floored. It was something I never would have thought of. The other thing that I wanted to share that was a common occurrence, we moved a lot. Um, and so whenever we moved to a new place, my ex would make sure that we had certain um, kind of first aid things that we needed. We always had a new bottle oh, of hydrogen yeah. first peroxide, aid is, is peroxide yeah. alcohol, some kind of ointment. Um, there was some... Um, special thing that you could get that if the water, the if the water wasn't um, healthy, you could put these. Oh tablets, yeah, like a like you could yeah, put it'll, it'll make you drink water and yeah. it will make it drinkable. Yes. I'd never even yes. seen such a thing. We had those, and so there were certain things that we had at every apartment. We had to go out like the first day and get those things, and um, I would have never thought of that. So 
those are just a few examples. And Olga, do you have some that you want to share? Of course. How <laughs> <laughs> not? Um, yes. I, something that I also find, I, I mean, very useful because I'm not going to do that level of research. No, and I could say that he would go, it, it's funny that you mentioned the tablets that will make the, the water drinkable because he also had those okay. and it was like a whole camping camping equipment like we we would we would be able to cook we'll, we would be able to drink water we had uh, actually food that was powder okay. so it's like a bucket of this powder thing that would you just mix mix with water and it will it'll be ready to eat and there was something that was ready to eat also like different <laughs> packages um because he did you know the whole mres and meals ready to eat yes and, yes yes <laughs> and so, the military uh, has exactly, them, right? okay <laughs> yes yes that's that's what he had okay so we he was fully prepared for anything i mean if it was a, a hurricane or an earthquake because mm-hmm. he also had a rope that could go from the apartment that was in the second floor to the ground Mm -hmm. so long enough to get there and he had everything figured out and where to tie it where to you know everything um that needed to be calculated Mm -hmm. uh he had a battery like a solar panel that would feed the um like a charger for the power for the power so we would have you know our phones were charged in wow. in a little power for anything that we would need so yeah like <laughs> you name it it was there and he was constantly researching to see if something was upgraded like if anything in the kit that he had uh was expired or had had some kind of upgrade and and he could get the new one so that you know it would be better mm-hmm. uh he gave me like i have a couple of things that i still have from that i have a stove like a camping stove that you know for me for hurricanes <laughs> getting ready for a hurricane i have a stove now <laughs> okay well that's good to know yeah <laughs> I, I um and i have a little lamp that you know, charges on the computer has like a USB thing and like different levels of lighting and it extends in. I mean, it's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, So it was very convenient because he was ready. Like I said, in the, in the last episode, I could trust him that he was going to do the research deep enough to know that we had everything we needed in case of emergency. And you know what, Olga, I think that's, it was great for me because I did not want to do that kind of preparation. I would have a few, you know, cans of food and some water. I wouldn't even, I didn't even know there was a ready to eat um, pouches. They were like pouches. Right, right. And um, my ex was the same way. He would make sure that we were prepared for whatever. Um, and I'm su- surprised we didn't have a generator because we lived in Florida so long, but we didn't live in one location probably long enough to have a generator. And they were pretty expensive. But, you know, it was really um, 
an, an assurance that we were going to be okay. You know, I felt safe and it sounds like you felt safe. Yeah. And not everybody has that skill set. And I think being able to one, do the research about what you need in case of an emergency and then having all those resources there just in case of an emergency is really, really helpful. But I also think that goes back to something that is very interesting. He has a very strong sense of um, what the role of the male is in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And protection is one of those. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it was serious. It was like, okay, I'm going to protect you or the family or, you know, it was the the role. And she he was going to play it you know, all the way through. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, and we haven't talked about this yet, but um, I know that my dad was on the spectrum and he passed away uh, at 64. So he was quite young and didn't know about um, the fact that he was on the spectrum. And there's so many similarities between him and the man that I just dated. And that was my father. You know, he wanted to make sure that everybody in the family was safe and he would do what he needed to do to make sure that they had everything, a roof over their head, food, whatever. Um, I also think that we talked about this earlier, the level of preparation that both of our exes would do for anything that was of interest to them. Um, I know you talked about, you know, being in front of the computer for hours and I know that my ex, there were times where he would literally get lost in what we called his bat cave, which was um, a walk-in closet that he turned into an office. And my daughter and I, we'd be ready for dinner, we'd be ready to go somewhere, and he would be in that bat cave just perfecting whatever it was that he was working on, whether it was doing research on a particular topic or writing a song or recording a song or whatever he was doing. He could lock himself away for probably days and not have to even eat if nobody told him there was food. And he would do that until he felt comfortable with the finished product. I couldn't do that. I, there's, yeah, no. that doesn't sound like, <laughs> no, I need food. Well, <laughs> in my case, it wasn't like that. He will, he would eat. eat. Eating is a, is a very important thing. <laughs> He's very self-aware. Um, in many ways, in in taking care of himself is also something that he takes very seriously, and that's why he's been doing immunotherapy for a long time. But definitely, um, when he was researching, he'll just go for hours and and get obsessed with you know I need to find the 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 best brand, the best um, option for what we need or the environment we are in, or, you know, make sure that what we had or what he had to be to be prepared for anything was the best option. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in anything, I mean, he would not go halfway on anything. Yeah. He, he had a passion for the Hispanic um, culture, and that's why we were dating, right. because <laughs> I am Colombian, and he has a special interest on Colombia. And especially Medellin, mm -hmm. so which is where you're from. Right? It, this is <laughs> yeah, this is the city I'm from, and he had he went there. He lived there for over a month 
he went to the university to get um, into the Spanish class for foreigners. And he took the class for a little over a month. And by the time I met him, he had been there uh, traveling, I think, four times. Wow. So he was an expert. More, I mean, I was a native. <laughs> I grew up there, and he knows a lot more about the city than I do in in some areas. Like, it, of wow. course, I know more about the areas I grew up in, but I haven't walked every trail. I haven't gone to every mountain. Um, but he, he but has. he had because <laughs> when he is exploring, that I think is the biggest thing about. Um, his his special interest also that he loves the adventure the mm -hmm. the going out and exploring so he needs to go and walk 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 for hours he could walk for hours and explore and talk to people and the level of spanish he has it's amazing i mean he could talk with my family he would joke I mean, wow. the level of making jokes in a different language is very difficult. You have mm -hmm. to really be very uh, com comfortable with mm -hmm. the with the language to be able to joke. Absolutely. But he he understands a lot of the jokes. He he makes jokes, and the level of involvement in the culture and the even the slang. Um, it meant a lot to him. It, it does. Him, right? It means a lot to him. So it, yes, I could see how the also the preparation to go okay. to Medellin. I mean, he would read every guide, every you know wh where the areas where he could go for walks, like trail walks or or hikes. Or hikes. Wow. Um, and he knows areas that I don't even know. That's phenomenal. Well, y you talking about the level of research and knowledge he had about Medellin and Colombia made me think about something I remember when my um, ex and I were first together. I remembered finding this cardboard. It was in the shape of a record um, cover, album cover, and it had his name all over it, and it had different drawings and designs and everything, and I asked him what it was. It was in with our records. And he said, oh, um, that's the record that I have dreamt of producing and putting out. And so he had wow. put together every single detail imaginable on this piece of cardboard that was, was blown away. Um, not only did he do that, he wrote a script when he was, I think, in middle school that he sent off to a grant maker who was offering grants for filmmakers. And he was like a teenager, maybe even a pre-adolescent. I don't remember exactly how old he was. Wow. And he had all the details for how he would shoot the script, the equipment that he would need to use, every single detail. And he sent it off. And maybe if he was an adult, he would have gotten funded. But they turned him down, and I think it was because they knew how old he, he was. was. So young. I want to say yeah. he was 13. And um, to do that in-depth research at that age for a record that he wanted to produce and a script that he wrote for a film that he wanted to do, 
those were his two passions at a very young age. And he had the vision of what it would look like if he had the resources and the funds and support behind him. But he never did from his family, unfortunately. They thought it was just a pipe dream. Um, But we'll talk more about that in another episode. But I could never do that level of in-depth creation at that age. You know, how many 13, 14, 15-year-old boys are thinking about that? But he was. And I was so impressed with what he did. He let me read the script. And it was as good of a script as anybody who had been in the business for years would have written pretty phenomenal yeah and and there's a lot of great things about this and the preparation and the level of trust that we can have or we could have at that point on their um, level of research and the um how accurate and appropriate everything was going to be to to be ready to prepare even for a trip uh, for for anything but it also has that level where if you are not the same way because i'm not the same way Mm -hmm. i i find it sometimes a little frustrating because okay can we stop here i don't need to go there i don't need to you know keep researching keep researching keep reading keep exploring keep no there's a point where we both need to be okay with you needing more going for it and and establishing something that works for us that Mm -hmm. this is where it starts okay (laughs) because if i don't have the same level of interest i can't share it and i don't think it's a goal in a relationship to share those interests at the same level because it's impossible not even for a neurotypical um couple couple so this is step one let's create something that works because if it doesn't work it'll trigger reactions it'll trigger feelings and feelings that get stuck in there in their mind and their souls and and they um it it could create problems that the relationship cannot afford because at at some point it's going to break it so I think that, that this will be the area where my relationship had that that part mm-hmm. that if I didn't respond to what the the interest was or the level was, then it created some some anxiety or some reaction that would be interpreted as I am not responding to his love language right. and I'm not doing for him what he needs me to do. So, but it, he, could he communicate that to you? That's the thing. He did not. Right. He did not at that time. We understood that later when right. we were trying to process things. But at the time, I didn't understand it. He didn't understand it. It created a feeling that I can tell you, I think it's still in there. I hear you. And I think that's a, that's a great lesson learned. Um I, I think the lesson that I learned was there's there has to be a happy medium. And I don't think that my ex always felt there was a happy medium because until he was comfortable with the finished product or project, he wasn't comfortable. And 
I knew there are deadlines, there are other things that have to get done. You can't just focus on this until you think it's perfect, or you can, but there's other things that have to be done. And that did cause challenges, and I'm sure we got in many fights about that. And I wish I had known then that he was on the spectrum because I would have talked about it differently. I would have come to a decision with him differently. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But the lesson learned is that if you can create some kind of balance between the needs of your partner and your needs by communicating clearly, succinctly, and everybody somehow gets their needs met or feels like they're going to get their needs met, I think it can work. Otherwise, it can lead to resentment, anger, and a lot of emotional upheaval. So yes. what about you? What Any other lessons that you've learned? Absolutely. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. And I feel like, like you said it, if I had the tools at that time, he would have felt like I was listening, mm -hmm. that I was considerate mm -hmm. of his needs and not just disregarding what his needs were at that point. And like I said before, I feel like that feeling is still there mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. If even if I asked him today mm -hmm. what was the main thing that he that hurt him the most, I think that was it. Uh, and it was related to his personal interest, where the lesson learned is, is we all have those personal interests, but they are really important to a person that is on the spectrum because it is the motor of their lives, is the engine of mm -hmm. his life. Mm -hmm. So if I don't pay attention to that, then he will feel disrespected and not loved. And that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough that, one. That's the one that we had to learn yeah. by yeah. <laughs> feeling the pain. Right. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll be talking about another topic that's near and dear to us and another lesson that we've learned in our relationships. If you want to reach us, you can... Um, Contact us by email at neurodiverselove, the number four, you at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at neurodiverse underscore love. Thank you. And we look forward to having you as a guest uh, next week. Thank you all. Have a great week.